Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello, and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I've got the wonderful Kate with us, um, but, you know, I'm going to do an introduction, but I think you should, because I think lots of other teachers will know you, not as Kate Batley, but as the Sociology teacher. But tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all, for those people that have been sitting underneath a rock. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me on this um, this morning. So, yeah, my name is Kate Flatley. I've taught sociology since 2007. Um, among a multitude of other things as well, um, I do have a joint degree in PE and sociology. So I've taught PE as well and um, public services. So I've got a bit of a background in both A-level and also in level three BTEC as well. Um, but sociology is my passion my love um and i just really enjoy teaching it and i really enjoy talking about it and um you know i've got me youtube videos as well and how to get students to achieve highly looking at what you need to do in an exam and exam technique and that's what i really like doing uh, more than anything so i'm really pleased that you've invited me on here this morning to um to talk to you Oh, well, we're pleased as well. I, I mean, I appreciate all the, like, you know, it's such a good thing. I think lots of teachers like myself will will link you to homework, however they set it, whether that be online, mm -hmm. share my homework with the classroom, emails to students with your with your resources um, and your sort of talk through and your reference to exam papers and how to work through them. And, and that's great. It's just that sort of sharing. So thank you from, from me as a teacher and also just thank you full stop. I'm sure lots of students would want to say thank you as well. So, um but yeah, if those people that haven't come across you, please do check your work out. That's what I would definitely say. So today we're talking about, as for some, including I think myself and I know for you, we're in a position where um, students would have basically done or are going to do some mock exams in year 13 at this point. If not, they're going to go and do them soon or they may have done them just before Christmas, but around that time. Um, and so our focus of today's conversation is getting those students to sort of bounce back after potentially not getting the results that they don't want to get. Um, and it might be different from what they're predicted, you know, or what the teacher predicts, but the, the grade that they want to get. And it's about how do we motivate them? I throw that back to you. How do we motivate these students? They've got their results back. Yeah. But it's not, you know, we've still got what we're we now, February, March, April, May. <laughs> don't even say it out loud. Three months ago. How do we keep that momentum? Yeah, I think what we've got to do is, is just got to remember that we are there to support these students, regardless of what grades that they are. And I think some students are really going to be disappointed. And that's going to cross the whole spectrum of students. So you're going to have students that have got um, an A and they want an A star and at the other end of the spectrum you're going to have students that have got E's and E's and U's and are just looking to get like a C or a D so it's supporting the full range more than anything and I think it's sort of reminding students and working with students about what do they need to do and so they're going to have this mock exam and i know that my students have done it in january they're going to be around about this time and this is going to be either a motivator for some students or this is going to send them the other way okay we know what these students are we teach sociology don't we so we know that some students are going to go this has just confirmed that i am a failure 
and, and then at the other end it's going to be oh i know what i need to do i didn't do enough revision i need to do more so at this point it, it is going to trigger some students okay so we've got this call to action more than anything i was doing a little bit of reading about this actually about what motivates us to do something and we've got to have some sort of trigger to 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 do something so this mock exam is going to be that trigger um and we need to have that call to action whichever way that it's going to happen but then the second bit that we need to have the ability to do something about the call to action and i think that's where there is a little bit of a gap for some of these students that They've got this result, but they do not know what to do next. And that's where we need to step in and go, okay, in order for you to get to the grade that you want or to the next grade, we need to enable you to do this. And it's easy to say, well, you just needed to revise more. But a lot of these students don't know how to revise. So that's where we need to come up with a little bit of a strategy for these students and say, okay, in order to revise, this is what I want you to do. You are going to do a revision grid okay so let's get hectic teachers get some of kim's revision kids and you're going to complete that then we're going to do some exam questions on it um or you're going to make flashcards or, or something like that and then you're going to give them the ability how to revise more than anything but they've also got to want to do it as well so this is where our conversation comes from really isn't it how do we motivate them so i suppose motivation comes from more than one one place really do they have an end goal so is the grade the end goal or do they have a university offer or have they got a job in mind or something they've got to have something at the end which is sort of like that carrot that's going to get them to where they want to be or it could be something as simple as reflect on how you're feeling now you've opened up your mock exam results do you want to be feeling like this in four months time or in, in August when you get your results. Um, so I think that's, that's I suppose that's what we've got to be thinking of. We need to have that call to action, which is the mark, give them the ability to revise and then they've got to want to do it as well. And we've got to find what's their motivation and you're only gonna find the motivation by talking to these students and going, okay, what do you want? What, what do you wanna get out of it? Cause we'll help you type thing. Yeah, definitely. You said so many useful, important things there. I think one of the first thing you said was obviously the, the recognition of, you know, is that even the word recognizing? Re recognizing, that's just the word, I think. <laughs> recognizing yeah. that, you know, it's not, it, it's a whole spectrum of students. It's not just, you know, the top end or the bottom yeah. end. It's, it's that wide range of students. And then you spoke about that sort of call to action and how important that is because there's that point where they get the results. And I think there's only a period of time where I think it's just letting the students be to digest that. And that's not the time to have those conversations because they're either tearful or they're blanking depending on their response mechanism. And then you said like, it's actually giving them the tools. So there's a lot of the students, it might be, don't revise, doesn't really help them. Like, well, how do you revise and what techniques yeah. do I do? And, and for some students, like you said, it might be scaling it down. So doing like a revision grid and thinking, well, one thing I've got everything to revise. What what do I have to yeah. revise? And yeah. then I think the really important thing is that why. And I think that's a bit we we struggle with as teachers um, because we haven't got any control over it. We haven't got any control over the why. And like you said, it's having those meaningful conversations with students and finding what is the thing that motivates them. And that's so important. Taking that time out. I suppose my question to you is, how do you do that? Because I appreciate we're teachers. We have maybe five lessons a day sometimes. We do need a lunch break as well. Mm -hmm. 
I was thinking about this myself. You know, how do we? Because I don't think those why conversations are so important. I think there's a, a I don't know if there's a psychologist who talks about it, but a guy called Simon Sinek, and he talks about once you know your why, then I think the book's called Why. But if once you know your why, then you know why yeah. you're doing it. Sort of thing. It's a bit like I know you're already into your exercise. Um, if your goal is just to lose weight, people tend to gain weight again. It's the idea of why you do it for your well-being, that type of thing. You're more likely to sustain it. But to have these conversations, how on earth do we get fit that into a day in a meaningful way when the students coming in, yeah. students coming in, lunchtime, students coming to home time, da-da-da-da-da. Because yeah. um, I said you've got big cohorts, which some people have. They've got like 200 students taking sociology. It's very different to have those meaningful conversations you've only got a class of 15 students. Yeah, and I think it's sort of... Um, identifying who's your biggest motivators i suppose or your 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 biggest students that you've got to have that immediate conversation with if you know per se you know you like you said if you've got a massive cohort you're not going to have what you know 300 or 200 one-to-ones you know to read in a week that's not going to happen but i think it's sort of the other thing that because what i wanted to talk to you about was having that look at your students as a cohort and like what i did for my mock exam i split my students and i wrote every student down and they were either in um a, um like a c for c so they were massively underneath their target grade they were either a coaster or they were above and i and, and i split them up that way and that meant that i can look at a glance at a manageable way and going right this is a conversation that i'm going to have with these ones that are in this column because they're on track they you know some of these might be um just needs a little bit of a push just keep it going but they're actually going to be fine so that that, that let's put, put them to one side because they'll do what they need to do and then have a you're going to have a different conversation with your c for c's because they're going to be um lack of motivated they're going to have a little bit of fatalism what's the point you know i'm going to fail anyway type thing so you're going to have a different conversation with those and then you've got those that i'm in the middle and sometimes it might not even be that you need to have a one-to-one. It's sort of having, right, I'm going to do this spe special session for you and I identified you, you and you, because you've got these grades and I want you to come to this and I think you'll benefit from it and maybe do it as a group because then you can target, um, uh, you, know, you know, maybe 10 students at a time, which is probably a little bit more manageable. Um, I suppose that way. Um, but it's, 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 it's how strong you're, pastoral support network is as well so the college that i work at is that they the people that are in the program management department that's what we call them uh, which is more about the pastoral side they're also having conversations with students because they're picking up who is your c for c's who is your um your 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 coasters i suppose and and they're having conversations with them as well they're picking them up and having that conversation so it might be a network rather than it's just you it might be somebody speaking on behalf of the three or four a levels that they're doing um picking that up and and it might be a case of you getting together with colleagues and saying okay we share the following students who wants to have this conversation with them who's who's got the strongest relationship it might be that person mm -hmm. who has it because that's the one that students respond to is the one that they've got that strong relationship with who has that conversation but it actually benefits three subjects so there's a couple of ways that i suppose we could we could tackle it if there is a big cohort more than anything 
Yeah, it's like sort of thinking about not just a sort of a one, a one approach where it's like, oh, let's do loads of one-to-ones when physically you haven't got the time. It's thinking about which students are going to have different conversations. But a really interesting point you said is it might not even match your subjects. They might not be the best person to have that conversation just because it, maybe the students are maybe not doing as well in, in lots of different subjects. And actually relationships are so important. And we know that, again, from sociology and the importance of teacher-student interactions and how that has an impact on on learning and I suppose that's where our sociology comes in and we can apply it in real life I was sort of thinking and I don't know this is a bit of an awkward question but I'll just say it as you're talking how do you feel I mean obviously I was thinking educational triage as, as you were yeah, talking do I say it do I not say it and I thought no well, well, no, because because what we're not doing is we're not writing off the lower ability mm. or the lower ability or the students that I get any yeah. D's on ease or use or whatever we're not writing them off that mm. that's what happens in the educational triage mm. really isn't it yeah um, but you but you're going to employ a different strategy for those students that are your your ease and your use than you are going to be for your coasters because i was thinking about coasters i've got students that are coasting who are b grade students that should be getting a's i've got mm. a grade students who be getting a stars they're still a coaster yeah you know so you, you are going to have a different strategy for 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 both of them but what we're definitely not doing is writing off the ones at the bottom end because we're too late in the game now we're not at that stage where we don't do that it's it's these students are on your course they've got the grades to get onto it they will get we we get them to the end that's what we do type thing so if a student's got an e over you we we put we put the intervention in and that's where we have support sessions you know i i do the support sessions for both year one and year two um because i think well i'm an examiner it makes sense i've got the most experience and you know and i, and I enjoy doing it more than anything um and and you know, i suppose it's a different podcast what do you do in um, support sessions yeah. do you go over content or do you go over skills mm. i do a bit I do a little bit of a warm-up activity. Um, I'm not going to lie. Um, I watch your live streams, um, Duncan and um, Craig, and yeah. the little bubble quizzes and the 60-second challenge. I, I do those little things, get them warmed up, and then um, we go over exam questions and we say, right, here's an exam question. I show them a paragraph. They do another paragraph or something like that. So I think there are, there are there is going to be different strategies for the different different students. Oh, definitely. I think if you, like you said, everyone's got different personalities and kids respond to things differently. And your, like you said, your student that potentially is not feeling the potential can also be an A, a grade student as well as an, an E grade student. And it, it's like you said, like the difference with that is that we're not letting any student be forgotten and, and taken along on the journey. You've mentioned the word coasters a few times. And I know, yeah. I know what you mean about this. It's students, I suppose, I suppose the risk of this, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm, getting, I'm getting it wrong, maybe I'm making assumptions around the university application process but sometimes you might get there with students that get those unconditional offers potentially yeah. the risk around that now I'm not I'm you know I'm not a student I don't know you know I never had that as an offer when I went to university so I don't know yeah. how that might have an impact on me but potentially if you know they've got those unconditional offers or something's happened that they are happy with those results um yeah that they've already got or they you know they think well actually if I I think I'm basically going to get that that C grade or that B grade and actually I don't need to try much harder or or it might be a case that they feel like they need to try another subject so they're sort of, sort of bank sociology as such 
how do we motivate those students? Because their why and their want is already there. Like I've got what I want. I, I've, I've got yeah, a yeah. university or, um, do you know what? I'm pretty much, I know consistently I'm getting B grades. Yeah. I've never not got a, a, a B. Actually that A grade will require hard work and actually I need to put that in another subject. What do we do with those kids? Yeah, I think it, this time I suppose you're going for your intrinsic, aren't you? So you're going to say, what is going to make you feel good? Are you feeling good at this point? Because like you said, they've got their external rewards, haven't they, with the the, the unconditional offer or whatever. Um, but I would I would say with these students that you've got to identify them and, and I suppose put a little bit of action into it. And I think don't drop your high expectations of that student because they're settling, but that doesn't mean that you've got to sort of be agreeing with them settling if that makes sense so yeah. having that high expectation of them and saying okay but i i do you know i expect that you can do this this is you know you're walking in the park with these exam answers i i expect you to be able to ha have another go and, and and things like that and 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 give them the feedback on it and um maybe some exam technique and say well actually if you just did this this and this I, this would bump you up a little bit of a grade wouldn't that feel great you know for you to do this and there's actually minimal effort you know because like some of the things in terms of application linking back to the question it's sometimes how they use the words in the question in their answer is an easy thing they're not adding any knowledge they're just using words to knit their answer to what the question's asking so it doesn't require a lot of effort it's just a bit of thinking about how they're going to answer the question and i suppose um having that high expectation of students will can act as a bit of a motivator of them um and going back to the relationship with them as well is that if you've got that high expectation which is not overly high where they think oh this teacher is it just thinks it's just putting too much on me but just enough they'll want to they will want to meet it you know we know it don't we the self-fulfilling prophecy if you have that high expectation sometimes they do rise to it so that might be one way that we could have a we could um to motivate some of those little bit of a coasting students we can't help but go back to like <laughs> the studies that we teach can we i know i mean it's really good because you're like when you're sort of doing you can think about like obviously um you know obviously resin time james jackerson and we think about yeah. all of that it's, it's those things that do have an impact and i think it sounds like you're being the the students uh coach really internal co coach those sort of voices because sometimes yeah. their, their internal voice isn't i can do this do you know i mean it, it or even their external voices around them potentially so actually it's it's that drip 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 effect um for those students um i heard something the other day on, on a, a different podcast i can't remember there was a school that um was in America, I just feel like I need to share this, but they, it sounds a bit cheesy because I know I appreciate it's American, um, but they had like the students, I think it was like 9% of the students were meeting like the national standard, like no, 9% were, sorry, 9% were and the rest weren't, so really like underachieving school and the teacher that took over had four different head teachers or whatever they called them in America. And um, the one that stayed and turned it around, so flipped it basically, so 9% weren't rather than, than were. Yeah. Um, she said she credited it every day. She said it on like the tannoy, you know, like an American tannoy that goes across the whole school. Yeah. She said, if no one tells you, anybody else doesn't tell you today, I want you to know that I love you 
and I care for you and I believe in you. And I was like, I know, that, I don't know, like, I know that's not very British. You know what? That sounds really cheesy. But like I say that to my students, I say yeah. to them, like, you know, um, so like, for example, I've, I've marked their mark exams, I handed them back. And the first thing I'll say to them is, thank you for letting me mark your papers, mm. because you've put your trust in me, you've struggled, you were sat in that exam hall, I know how stressed that you were. And, and, and I'm hoping that I'm, you know, thank you for letting me mark your paper. I know, I know it sounds really, really cheesy, because it does, doesn't it? But it's yeah. like, you know, I'm in a privileged position, mm. reading your work when you're quite vulnerable because in the mm. exam they are vulnerable aren't they because mm. everything's stacked against them they don't know the question they don't know you know how they're going to respond they don't know how they're going to be feeling at that time whether the bus was late everything's out of their control i suppose mm. in the exam so you know and I, and I say to them all the time i love teaching you i love it i i really do you know have a fantastic day i'll see you next week but i love teaching you and i think students really do respond to that like level of enthusiasm and even though you will have times where none of them have done their own work um you know i said to them so i said right i've posted we've not got time in the lesson we're on beliefs at the minute i said i've posted um like a seven minute clip about Jim Jones's People's Temple and I've posted another clip about the Hindu caste system. Right, next lesson. Anybody watched it? No. You know? <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> uh, so you know that you are going to have like days like that, but you just say, do you know what? It's all right. Right. You know, I think I think when you start going in and ranting at them, mm. you've lost the room, you know, yeah, and I think definitely. you to you to be in control you know um I th I think, especially I when think... they're so out of control some students yeah. you are the, you're the adult in the room i suppose and i suppose it goes back to what you're saying it's building those relationships and building yeah. from that because then how then do you have the more challenging conversations when those relationships aren't in place um i actually bought when i gave <laughs> when i gave my back i feel like we are i've said this before like the way you teach i think oh my goodness that's exactly what i do i know like <laughs> I can, I can imagine Duncan like in the background because he listens to these podcasts in the background and he's like, what on earth are you doing? Uh, you know those like um, positive affirmation quote cards? Yeah. I bought yeah. a copy of them and I gave them out with all my exams uh, as I gave yeah. them back out. So just and it, obviously that didn't cost much like for me because obviously you get like 150 for like five pounds or something like that. And I just gave them out and they were like, is that for me? And I was like, yeah, it is. And it's just something just to show yeah. that I'm thinking of them. Um, and it was individual. So that's my little hack. That's what I do yeah. uh, when I gave them, just to sort of as a boost. Well, going back on to motivation, right? Okay, so I want, we, we know for students to be successful, they've got to be revising, okay? Yeah. Whether they're doing a revision grid, whether they're making flashcards, summary sheets, whatever. Okay, students like doing them because they can color code them, they make them look pretty or whatever. What they don't like doing is doing mock exams, okay? They don't like doing practice questions or anything like that. But that's what they need to be doing because that's how they're assessed in the exam. So I've, you know, I did this a few years back and I was thinking about it. And I think with like lockdown and then you've had advanced information and, you know, things like that uh, got in the way type things. But I've launched it again and it's the Easter egg challenge. Oh, tell me, tell me. Is the Easter egg challenge. So so I launched it on the on the 1st of February and I said, right, by, by Easter, 
it's the students that have done the most practice questions and and i've done a little bit of a point system type thing so if you do a four mark and a six mark you get one point if you do a 10 mark two points if you do a 20 mark three uh 20 mark is four points yeah um and a 30 mark is five points okay um i said you could just do four and six markers bank a load of points you know or whatever um, and so so the first day so i said so what I'd, like 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 we said before relationships matter so you know you've got to sort of like read your classroom but i'm at the stage where i can say to them right um let's just pick a name brogan got anything to hand in to me today challenge has started and it's no okay um adam anything today uh no and i'm like oh come on give me something and i go through every student so one class i've got 24 in the other class i've got 22 in year two and i go through every single one of them and then i do it next lesson but then you start all you need is one student that's mm. all you need and one student will go yeah actually i have and i make a massive deal i'm like oh my god you made me so happy i am so pleased you are on the challenge remember that easter egg you know type thing and um, but then you start having it's a ripple effect mm. yeah? it's a ripple effect so then because we've just had february half term i thought right whoever's in the lead i'll just do a little bit of a random easter little easter bunny because they've started selling them in aldi haven't they so i was like <laughs> i said oh i've just counted up the scores actually we've got somebody in the lead already and they were like oh you know what I mean? So it's yeah, like it's the momentum, isn't it? As well, yeah, like you said, momentum, isn't it? Yeah. So what I've, what I've, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the winning person out of each class will get a, an Easter egg, but the the class that that person, you know, the collective class mm. will also get something, you know, like mini eggs or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's what I'll do for them, just to get them practicing exam questions. Yeah. You know, what do you do in a class like a cohort that would do them? So, like, I know, like, say, like, you end up like this sounds like a really great challenge, but I'm also thinking because there are schools out there, yeah, um, where the students you'll be like, you'll come home and you'll have yeah. 25 questions yeah. to mark every day. I mean. <laughs> I'm not in that situation. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, oh my goodness, because that's my last um, question. I think, I think, so I, I think, I think what, what I would do in that situation, because um, I think we are going to get the momentum going, so they are going to be, you know, at the minute they're handing in, oh, two four markers, which you mm. just glance at, you know what I mean? If you mark, mm. you sort of know what the, what they should be writing, um, but. I think what I will be introducing afterwards is that before you submit it, you've got to highlight your work. Where's the AOs? Where's the AO1, yeah, AO2? A bit of yeah. type thing. You yeah. know, when I have a quick glance and go, yeah, you could have wrote about this, but that's it. You know, I'm not going to yeah. do a full mark on it um, because that's not the point. The point is they need to be doing their own practice questions, reflecting, mm. checking their own answers type thing. Um, that's what I wanted to do, but that's... Yeah, that's a little level of uh, challenging there, maybe. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely brought that idea, and I might, you know, definitely think about yeah. sort of bringing that, maybe that level of challenging as well, just to sort of balance yeah. that out as well. Um, not that you do want to deter students, but ultimately just to sort of not just give yeah. them all in. My last question to you, because I'm, I'm conscious of, and it's your half term, yeah. and we've got you here, so it's very nice of you, but I appreciate you might want to be doing something else um, and getting 
out and about. But um, how do we protect our staff? Because ultimately, oh, yeah. this can be quite a difficult time because you've got the results in from the box. And obviously, lo lots of teachers, we care. And sometimes we talk about them as our results rather than the students' results. And you hear that language a lot, don't you? They're our results, our results, yeah. our, my, my results are. And that sort of first-person language. There's also that sort of compounded by the fact, I know that we always say it every year, there is a lot of content. And I know you and I are big fans of flip learning, but still there is a lot of content that needs to be yeah. covered. Um, I feel like I, I've hacked it personally with the options that I've chosen, but that's a conversation for another another day. Yeah. But there's still a lot of content. And so you're thinking, right, yeah. I've got, I've just got these results in. The students, there's gaps, maybe in their skills or some of their knowledge. Yeah. But I also have a ton of stuff still to teach what am I going to do? Yeah, I think, so this is where, because another conversation that you need to have is if you're a lone teacher or if you're part of, um, mm. you know, you've got a group of teachers that are teaching, um, but whether you are on your own or whether you have got colleagues that also teach sociology as well is that you need to have a bit of a plan, sort of don't stick your head in the sand and identify where the gaps are um, and whether they are addressed either as starter tasks um, or as a support session, you know, you, 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 we identified this gap, you have got to come, you know, and, you know, having your support sessions at the end of a lesson and it's like, you know, we're just going to spend 20 minutes at the end of the lesson. This is where my support session is. So they actually don't leave the classroom mm. because once they've left the classroom, they don't always come back. So it's sort of like being strategic that way. But have a plan what you're going to do and how you're going to do it type thing, whether it is going to be um, with your support sessions or starter activities or a table or a little bit of a checklist or something like that. Because at least then you can sort of sit, work out how long you've got I suppose it's like revision, isn't it? What mm. you need to cover and how long have you got to do it and sort of splitting it up and working backwards type thing. Um, you mentioned about, is there anything that can be flipped? There are some topics that are really a bit contenty, but the, 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 you know, you could sort of let students flip them. Like we tend to flip over the holidays, religious organizations, what's a cult, a church, a sect and denomination because it's knowledge. And then when they come back, we'll say, right, we'll do a bit of a summary sheet. What did you learn? Let's just clarify. Right, now we'll do exam question and and doing it that way. Because you know that not all students are going to do the flipped to the level that you want them to do the flipped. But doing a little bit of a summary at the beginning, I think it's time when well spent. Um, but having them like revision grids or maps or whatever, which will fill in those gaps as well but then you sort of mentioned about having your exam skills and questions and and those techniques and i suppose it's incorporating a little bit of that into your lesson as well and i think if you start now you can get the momentum going um over a period of time and i, I saw a post that was on um on the, on the facebook group it was like how long do you have per week to teach your students mm, type i saw that yeah. And, yeah and i thought that was really interesting because it ranges between some 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 places are up to maybe five and a half six hours mm. and then some of as little as four hours so that's definitely a challenge but i suppose it's sort of like thinking about how you are doing your lessons making them matter so you know you start a task is 10 minutes 
do, 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 do. right this is a little bit of content now we're going to do a bit of exam skill now we're going to do this i suppose you might have to get a bit formulaic with your lessons a little bit mm. but to, to make sure that you're hitting a bit of content a bit of retrieval a bit of exam skill a bit mm. of oh <laughs> you know what i mean Is, yeah i think for me in. i know i got my when i plan to read but as soon as um i personally i also you know like you said like the students reflecting on their papers yeah. i was reflecting on sort of the general outcomes where there was gaps in the learning um yeah. and i then sort of created recreated my my year plan but i don't actually plan personally after so when my revision time starts and for me my revision start time start in march but i don't actually plan that until i've, I've like what i'm gonna do every day yeah. i just have a window of time because what I do is I wait for the mocks because every group of students will hook and understand things differently. And yeah. I then plan, it's called it's called a master plan. I don't know how much of a master plan it is, but it's every single day is planned yeah. what I'm going to do. So whether that's looking at 10 markers without an item, 10 markers with an item, looking at um, theories, synoptic concepts. So basically it depends on what comes out of that. So as much as I'm getting the students to um, reflect, and set action points. I know that, like you said, it's doing the same as a teacher and thinking, right, yeah. you know, we've got to do our own revision and think, right, where are we going to do yeah. this? Um, and actually, that's quite cathartic. I found that quite cathartic because I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, actually, I've got enough time to do this. I've it got puts you time. in control. Yeah, it puts yeah. you in control, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, and it sort of gives you a little bit of a plan. And like you said, it, it, you sort of, you. I think you've got to accept that sometimes what you do is never enough. Yeah. I think you, once you sort of reconciled with that, that, you know, you can only do what you can do in the mm. time allowed with the resources that you're given, you know, Definitely. at the end of the day, you, you can only work with what you've got type thing. And, and, and I think it's sort of like empowering students that you can sort of trust them to say, look, I can only go so far. You need, you know, at the end of the day, inevitably, these are going to be your grades. So you've got to do it as well more than anything oh, definitely oh my goodness so like i love to start some ideas with you i'm definitely <laughs> challenge for you and i i, I can't wait last time we spoke um i think we talked about we did talk about fit to earn we were talking about assessment i think and yeah. i don't i was already on that track of not setting homework for assessments but i was doing um i was sort of yeah i was not doing it i'm probably doing like majority not but i just made that leap not to so if i do do it it's just plans and stuff like that yeah. um but yeah I, I, that's what my, my, the point of that was to say thank you because obviously it's good to be outside here, especially when you're sort of you want to take I don't know, risks i suppose not risks but calculated risks and sort of try things out um as well it's good to bounce ideas with 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 people like yourself so thank you thank you so much it's oh, been great oh brilliant well enjoy the rest of your half term and uh, obviously yeah. good luck to your team and your students for uh, the exams that start in may <laughs> so you take care thank you bye bye the sociology staff room is brought to you by tutor to you sociology find us at tutor to you.net forward slash sociology or follow us on twitter at tutor to you sock or instagram at tutor to you sock you can also join our very lively facebook groups for sociology teachers see you soon